Today is Tuesday, September the 12th, 2023, and welcome to episode 25 of Farm Life Sexy Life with the Candy Couple. My name is Julia, and myself, along with my husband Aaron, are a small homestead family in rural Southwest Virginia that work every single day on being less dependent on outside sources, getting our ourselves debt-free, and really working on becoming as self-sufficient and self-reliant as we can. We know we'll never decrease our dependencies to 100%, but we would really like to have that, you know, independence at like 80, 85% if we can get there. And that's, that's the ultimate goal is to really work towards that. And Farm Wife Sexy Life is an offset of our other podcast, Rural Lives with the Candy Couple, where Erin and I get on here. We talk about homesteading, frugality issues, how we combine homesteading and frugality, just a whole bunch of other topics. And Farm Wife Sexy Life is where I, as a female homesteader, as a mom, as, you know, a homesteading partner, getting here to talk about the, you know, the things that we face as women on the homestead. Um, we play a very important role in a lot of homesteads out there. We're sort of the backbone of the homestead in a lot of cases. And sometimes it gets missed of how important we are on a homestead. Well, that's the purpose here. And today I want to go over how you start your journey as a frugal homemaker especially on a homestead. I will say that for me, frugality is so ingrained in my in my system. It is, if you, you know, <laughs> save me money, <laughs> if you took blood from me, I'll find a way to save, it will tell you how to save money. It's in my DNA. That's just how I am. I love to save money. I always have. I love to get things at a good price. And although I work full time, which is where I'm a little bit different than most other homestead moms out there. I do work full-time. I'm a full-time job. I'm a full-time stay-at-home mom <laughs> and everything else. I still consider myself to be a full-time homemaker as well. I still am the one who manages the home, who helps make sure everything is sort of moving in the right direction, kind of helps make sure we're staying on schedule, keeping our processes and everything in place, and, you know, really moving things along, moving things forward. That's always my goal, move things forward. And for me, as a good stewardess of my home, saving money, maintaining our quality of life is so important for me. And to do it as cost-effective as possible is probably my number one goal. I don't want us to feel like we're not getting what we want from life. I want us to feel like we're getting what we want from life. We're really nailing down what that is. If you want to hear about that, you can listen to some uh, past podcasts that I did where I talked about needs versus wants and not getting called up in this perfect homestead world. But really focusing on what's important to us and making sure we're getting that while also working towards our goal of debt-free living. Because we are so close to being debt-free. And I want to stay that way. And by staying that way, it means I have to save up money to make big purchases we know are going to come. So I need to make sure I have really good habits in place now, frugal homemaking to help make sure that we are meeting our goals. Because what I do in the home is a big determination on how much money we spend because I'm mostly responsible for a lot of our purchases. Food, um, I'm, you know, one adult in this house 
um, 50% of the, you know, electric load. He's probably the other 50%. So that's another part of this. So you have to kind of look at it as being a partner, but also take responsibility where you can to really try to make mindful impacts. So what is frugality? To me, frugality is not just saving money. There is so much more to this. It's about mindfully spending your money in a way where you know where every dollar and every penny is allocated, where it's going, and you're making mindful choices of how to actually spend your money. And in our world, this has gotten lost. We live in a world where credit cards reign supreme. Cash is dead. Cards are king. And it, it is what it is. I mean, there's no going back. We, we see the, the writing on the wall of this. It's all going to be digital currency before too long. Um, it's just when does that ball actually drop? We're sort of set up for it. And when they flip the switch, it's just going to happen. And it makes it so much harder to actually monitor your assets if you're not actually looking at them every day. What you're spending, what you're bringing in, what you're saving. It makes it so much harder when all you're doing is swapping a credit card because you don't feel the impact till you go to pay the bills and you look at your bank accounts. You don't feel that money leaving your hand. Your pocket doesn't feel empty because your card weighs the same. So it's all about being mindful, really focusing on what is important for you and your family, what do you need, what wants are priorities for you and your family, and making mindful choices on how you spend your money. So I would say mindfulness is like the big word here. Really focus on that word, like really knowing how much you're going to spend at the grocery store. Like we just went to the grocery store, bought a few items, some stockpile items and a few other things. And I felt really good about it because I have everything we got was um, either on sale or a really good deal. And we ended up spending about $47 or $47, which was a good number for us, especially buying some stockpile items because we got some flour. I bought my limit there. Um, eggs were on sale, so I bought some more eggs because we don't have chicks yet to start raising our own. And I felt really good about that. I'm, I'm okay with, you know, that sort of awareness of what I'm actually spending my money on. And that was where I wanted to be. Now, if I would have went in there and spent $80 and looked at the same buggy, I would have probably been more upset because that number doesn't add up in my mind. I'm not quite aware of how much it costs. I like thinking when I look at the groceries and look at the thing like, how much am I actually going to spend? And you can even calculate this beforehand. They have made so many changes in technology. You can build your grocery list off your grocery store website or your apps now in some places. I know ours, you can do your own grocery list. Um, and it's actually kind of nice. We don't use this because it doesn't work well for how we typically tend to do things. But it is a good option for someone who's really wanting to count every penny because you can see your real-time price inside of your app or on the computer versus going into the store. Now, I will say another thing about this. I probably would not do like pickups. I would go in and shop myself. 
Now we have done the pickups. We relied heavily on pickups and we paid for those pickups. We actually had a $5 charge per pickup and that was how we sort of managed when I wasn't able to go to the grocery store. Um, when Isabel was really young, we, we used the pickups a lot. And after a certain point, you're like, I can't do this anymore. They are not getting what I want. I'm getting either the wrong thing or I'm not getting what I actually asked for. And it was just, it's not worth it to me. I'd rather go in and see. And then I can make an on-site decision of what I can make a substitution for if they don't have it. And that's kind of why I like to go into this store because it's a mindfulness and an awareness of what I'm willing to spend and what I'm not whenever I'm buying groceries. And there have been times where I'm like, yeah, that seems like a really good deal. I get there and I'm like, oh no, it's not a good deal. And you walk away because things are deceiving. So being aware, being mindful, it's all part of frugality. And really understanding your limits on what you're willing to spend and what you're not. And how you come up with strategies to pay for things that you want. The ultimate goal is to be debt free. We live frugally. We stretch every penny to its max. Because we want to make sure we maintain our financial independence. Debt are chains. It's chains on your soul. It really is. I I have been debt free and it is one of the most wonderful feelings. You don't have to think about it and not being debt free really is a struggle for me because I do prefer having that financial freedom and not having to worry that, you know, my house isn't paid for. Or my car isn't paid for. So I really have, you know, we really focus and that has became our hyper focus for this year is to get 100% debt free. And to find ways to maintain that debt free living. Um, whatever we have to do. Because we know we have some other big purchases we have to do. How do we maintain debt free living and save up as much money as possible? Well, by me being a frugal homemaker, being mindful and aware of the money going in, the money coming out and how my changes, my lifestyle choices can impact that, well, that's how I'm going to help keep us towards debt-free living. Does it really make sense for me to go and get my hair done every three to six months? Am I not? If that's, if that's how often I get my hair done, for me personally. Now, again, this is a personal choice. If you enjoy it, it's something you love to do, it's something that brings you joy, and it's important to you, I completely think you should do it. I mean, it's, it's a choice you have to make. For me personally, I might get my hair done once every two years. <laughs> Maybe. And most of the time, it's probably going to be every two and a half. Um, I typically tend to leave my hair on the long side. That's what Aaron prefers. And every couple of years, I'll go get it trimmed. But beyond that, I like more of a maintenance-free lifestyle. I'm not really fond of that kind of having to go a lot to get things done because number one, I, I hate to spend the money at a hair salon. I really do. Oh, it bothers me. And I got my nails done one time, one time. And after that, I decided there was no way I would ever do this again because my nails grew out so fast that within a week I could see my cuticles and I had to go and pay for them to take the fingernail polish off because I couldn't get it off at all. I mean, I just could not get it off, so I decided that it wasn't for me to go get my nails done um, or my feet pedicured and all that. Just the cost of it 
it turned my stomach and I couldn't bring myself to do it anymore. It wasn't worth it to me. And that's when I was, um, I mean, hyper aware of what I'm spending, what I'm bringing in. So why is our goal, why is frugality built into our goals, you know, as a household? Well, frugality is just sort of natural for us. I would have been what you would have called cheap before and I've sort of matured and grown and you know grown up to be an adult and adulting you still see cheap adults I'm not saying you don't I mean go look at extreme cheapskates it's kind of kind of crazy some of those um, extreme people out there we, we don't tend to go that deep into it but I do like to save money and for us it's just natural it is very natural that constant awareness of what we're spending, constantly talking about how much we're spending, where our money's going, what our goals are, has kind of kept me and Erin on the same page. We are always on the same page financially, and I don't think many people realize how important that is to a relationship, especially um, a partnership, um, a husband-wife dynamic. That's so important knowing that you're on the same page financially, knowing that you have the same financial goals. Because if you don't, and one's a spender, one's a saver, or both of you are spenders, and there's no control guard there, no guardrails, you can go off the mountain and not even realize you're off the mountain until you've crashed into the bottom. So it's just really helped keep us centered. And I will say, Erin and I might bicker occasionally. We try to catch it, but we've never argued about money, ever. We have always sort of been on the same page. And if we haven't been, we've talked about it and discussed it and came to terms and decided, well, why is this a good idea? And really worked through that. It's very different and it's really made us I guess more understanding, more willing to talk about things. There's like nothing off topic for us. Um, and we're also just really focused on making sure like nobody spends money without talking to the other. Now a lot of couples have like a set dollar amount of what they can spend without telling the other person. I would say if that's what you're doing, I would have like a monthly set amount. Like, okay, your budget for this month without telling anybody's $50, whatever that number is. It's just an arbitrary number. But for Aaron and I, it's always been, we don't spend a penny, a penny without discussing with the other one. And everybody has to approve the purchase. So if I want something, even if it's for the house, it has to be approved. Like it, it is what it is. If Aaron wants something, we discuss it, it has to be approved. And it has just naturally been built into our goals. Now, was it always built into our homesteading goals? No. We never really combined the frugality aspect of our lifestyle and the homesteading aspect of our lifestyle until more recently when we realized that we really needed to merge those two because we've kind of kept them separate. And frugality is just who we are. We like to save money. We want to save money. It's built into who we are. But we were trying to build our homestead so quickly and what we thought was the right way to do it that we made some mistakes and we've spent money we shouldn't have spent. We could have probably saved a lot of money if we would have really looked at this with awareness and mindfulness. So that's kind of why we look at it with all of our goals in mind. Like, does this really make sense from a financial standpoint? Is this really what we need from a financial standpoint? How is this going to help us? It's always part of anything we start. Yes, 
Chickens are going to be an expense. But how's this going to help us? And are we willing to take on this expense? And how can we reduce the expense without reducing the quality that we're looking for? All the things that we discuss. It's always smart to start there. So, if you're new to being a frugal homemaker, let's talk about some things you can do to start this journey. Because I know this might not be on everybody's mind. Most people are, you know, looking for ways to save money. And I would say for a frugal homemaker, you really start small. And I think people underestimate how small choices can lead to big savings. And they build over time. And you start to feel really good about it. But you always want to start small. Small habits. This is all about building habits. Habits, habits, habits. I cannot stress the importance of habits and making sure you're building good habits. So pick three places in your home where you think you can start cutting costs. Three tiny little things. Maybe if I make bread, that will cut costs, depending on where you live. Some places still might be cheaper to buy your bread. But what kind of bread are you wanting to eat? And what kind of bread are you wanting to feed your family? Are you wanting to feed them something that you have control of the ingredients? Making bread might be a better option for you. Are you okay feeding them the dollar loaf of bread? Well, I guess the dollar fifty loaf of bread. My area, it's a dollar seventy for a loaf of bread. Okay, that if that's okay and you're good with it, you feel good about the ingredients, you feel good about where it's coming from, go with that. It's all about what you feel good with and what you're willing to change to make adjustments for. What works for you and your family. Do you consider that time you would spend making bread money? Does it take you longer to make that bread than it will cost for you to go buy the loaf of bread? Those are things that are important. Like a lot of people will say, well, you spend so much time canning, Julia. How is it really worth it for you to can? Well, first, a lot of what I can, I mean a great deal of it, is food that we grow ourselves. I mean, the majority of it is. I would say that we probably spend less than $200 on food that we do not can that we can that we do not grow ourselves and I would probably say it's closer to like a hundred and fifty ish like right now it's a hundred and eighty that I know for sure and if I were to throw in the onions that I bought the other day and the peppers it's a hundred and eighty five that's the amount that we have purchased that we have not grown ourselves. Number one, corn. To grow the amount of corn that we would eat in a year, I would need a lot of land for that and then a lot of garden space. And that's really not where I want my gardening to be focused. I want my gardening to be focused on something else. Um, peaches. I'm working on peach trees. Haven't gone those yet. And we're just sort of keeping up our supply of peaches and our supply of our um, peach syrup for the next year. So one box, I'm okay, and I stretched that peaches as far as I could. <laughs> I made um, vinegar, I made syrup, I made canned peaches. So I really pushed that as far as I absolutely could um, for mine and my family. Uh, the pears. Again, I'm really working on getting us to grow our own pears, and we build our food for us in the front yard. The three sets of trees I will probably keep as our primary focus well, probably four sets of trees we keep as our focus would be a hazelnut, um, a dwarf apple, a dwarf pear, and a dwarf peach. 
those are the four things that I would really look at and want to really make sure we're building into our front yard area to expand on those because those are the foods we eat the most. We eat a lot of those foods are ones we really like. And pears are one of my absolute favorite fruits. So growing enough of those that would sustain us and possibly even have enough to sell at a later time would be fantastic. So I'm okay with that. I'm absolutely okay with that. People say, well, what about your time? Well, for me, the quality of the product I'm giving my family is so much better for me, in my opinion, than the quality I would get from the grocery store. It's going to taste better. It's going to be better for them. I have control of the ingredients. I know what's in them. I know how that food was processed. I know what's on our apple trees. I know what they've been sprayed which with is nothing. Nothing at all. Aaron picked them. They go up there and they just sit and grow. Um, the only thing we have to worry about is beating the deer to them. And so because of that, I feel good about raising my own food. Same thing for tomatoes. I'm okay with canning my own tomatoes because I grow enough to can for us for the year. And I'm really happy that I've been able to grow enough for the past two years that I've not had to buy tomatoes. I mean, this is two years in a row. Now, next year it could be completely different. I might actually have to buy tomatoes. But I'm hopeful that I can continue this um, sort of streak where I'm able to grow enough for our needs. And I have control of the ingredients. I know what's been on them. I know what they have, you know, what fertilizers have been on them. All of that's important to me and Erin. And it's cheaper for me to grow it myself. In our opinion, this is an opinion. To me, it's cheaper to grow it myself than to go buy naturally sourced organic fruits and vegetables in my area because that's going to be outrageously expensive. Don't live in an area where you're going to have a big farmer's market. You're going to have a big Amish market where you can get things like that that are cheaper. I've seen that on Facebook. God, would I love to have one of those where you go to one of those huge markets you can buy hundreds of pounds of food for under 100, 200 bucks. Man, that would be the way to go. I don't have that option. So for me growing my own food, if I want to know what's in it, I've kind of got to be the one to do it. So small changes lead to big dollars. Um, that's just sort of the thought here. So you have to look at what do you consider your time is worth. Is it worth it to you to put your effort towards it? Is it worth it to you to put your effort towards something else? Um, look at your electricity. I want to make a small change. I'm going to turn all my lights off. I'm going to turn all my lights off. If nobody's in the room, we're going to shut it off. Maybe I'll unscrew light bulbs. Maybe that's your option. Maybe instead of using light switches, all you switch to a very, very low watt or a battery pack light open the windows these are all options small changes you can make which don't seem very impactful but they really can be um Aaron and I have seen it by just being conscious aware of what we're doing with our electricity load making sure we're checking that being mindful to check that you know cautious and careful when we do things just to make sure we're keeping it on that keeping it where we want it to be for the month to help offset running like the freeze dryer and things like that. Groceries. What can you substitute? Um, if you haven't checked out my coffee creamer video, go check that out. That's a great substitute. We actually priced it out. It's a little over $2 per 
per 32 ounces. That's including the electricity cost. In our area, it's $3.29 on sale. On sale for a thing, a 32 ounce coffee creamer. I feel like saving over a dollar with such little amount of effort is actually worth it for us. It's depending on what's worth it for you. You can do that with a lot of different things. If you may use ghee, you can make your own ghee. It's so easy to do. You can find a good source for real butter and you can use that to make your own ghee. And then what's your cost? It's going to be way less. At least, in my area, at least $4. At least. At least $4 of a price difference if I make my own ghee versus if I buy it at some place like Aldi's. Um, our other grocery store, there's no way. Um, so you want to look for substitutes. You can make my pancake mixer recipe. Go check that one out. It's a really good substitute to store-bought pancakes. So easy to use. So easy to make. And it really does last a really long time. And it is just so good. Um, but it's just small, tiny little things you think won't make a difference. You think this, there's no way this is going to make a difference. It does. It all adds up so quickly. These little bitty things. And it will help cut your costs. Make sure you're shopping the sales. If you cook on a, you know, day-to-day -day basis, make sure you're cooking what is on sale. And this is where I probably, uh, I try to do good here. But I really try to shop from my pantry, not from the grocery store. And I use the grocery store to restock up my my items but sometimes if I'm going through the ads I'll see something like "Ooh, maybe we can have enchiladas because this is on sale this week and we haven't had this in a while and that's what we did this week and that to me is a good way to kind of spice it up a bit in our house and give you know a little bit more variety a little bit more change of flavors and tastes and um, just something we don't have very often because I don't keep it on hand because it's not on sale so just some thoughts um, that will help kind of save you some money on your grocery bill. And that's probably the place where most people have the most flexibility. But they don't realize it. I mean, you really don't realize how much flexibility. If you are cautious and careful with how much you're spending at the grocery store. I don't care how big your family is. You can cut your costs down. Unless you are living off of like $15 a month or $30 a month. Whatever that number is. We did it. Out of our pantry and $60, there's three of us, we've got it down to $200 some months. And that was with stockpiling grocery, grocery trips. If I cut out the stockpiling for my emergency pantry or keeping my working pantry moving, I could probably get that cut down more. Now, I'm not really willing to make that change because me, a working pantry is essential to any household, any homestead. Um, but... It will help stretch your budget a little bit further. Um, and I know a lot of people have really struggled with food insecurities. And it's just any way that you can stretch that dollar is what we're looking for. Shopping trips. I would say keep these to a minimum. Don't go out every single day. And even if you're looking for deals like thrift stores and yard sales and things like that, if you are trying to save your money and you don't have really like ideas or a purpose, like don't go out just to buy stuff and buy a bunch of stuff. If you don't have that self-control, that willingness, really keep those shopping trips down to a minimum. 
and make sure you're saving up the cash for those especially like really big yard sales that you want to hit or anything like that um i would just say be very cautious and careful and that's probably going to be different from what a lot of people say like a lot of people say you have to buy used and you have to shop there a lot here's my thought on this and the more you go the more likely you are to spend money if you don't need to spend the money then you don't need to spend it um we have that with home with amazon <laughs> we have that anywhere i'm not saying you shouldn't go i'm just saying that you should be aware that by you going there's always a chance for you to spend money on things that do you really really need and have that self-control to say do i really need this i can tell you there have been a lot of things that i have really liked i mean i have really liked and i'm like do i really really need this do I really, really need it? And I went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I walked away. And, did, you know, like, oh, I really wish I'd have got that. Maybe for like a minute. But most of the time I forget about it. Because it wasn't something that I really needed. And I really had to have to survive my everyday. So, just watch your shopping trips, and that should help start to cut some of your budget if you have those um, going on. Like I said, keep them to a minimum. Um, even if you're like a stay-at-home mom and you do like a lot of decorating and things, I get it. People like that. Maybe cut back on how much you're buying there. And I'm not trying to be mean or bear. All I'm saying is, if you decorations are nice they're lovely if you like them i personally do not um i guess most people would say i'm i'm depressing that way um i just i've had to clean these things i've had to clean these things a lot i don't want to spend my entire adulthood cleaning these things i want to just be able to sit down and read a book that's 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 what i want to do i don't want to spend time having to wash and clean all of this stuff whenever it's just stuff it's all it is now I'm not saying get rid of everything I'm not saying don't give you things don't have things that bring you joy it's not what I'm saying no, I'm just saying how much does this stuff really mean if you're in hawk up to your eyeballs even if you can get it for a smoking good deal maybe that two three hundred dollars would be better off put towards your credit card debt this month just just pointing that out we'll leave it there make the most of your purchases don't buy anything with really one use I always try to find multiple ways to use things now does that mean I don't have things that are one use absolutely absolutely I have a corn cob pillar or shucker whatever you want to call it um that I can peel corn on the cob like nobody's business but it's only got the one purpose and I'm okay with that I really am. Um, but for the most part, I try to get things that are multi-purpose that are going to help me in multiple areas in the kitchen, at home, and just in different ways. I don't want anything that's going to just sort of sit there and not have a goal or a use most of the year. It doesn't mean I don't have it. I have lots of that. And as a homesteader, I'm going to have lots of that. A lot of times we have tools and things that we have on hand that we don't need to use very often. But when we need them, we need them. We don't need the angle grinder every time we do a project. Feels like it sometimes. But most of the time we do not. But buddy, when I need that angle grinder, I need it. 
I mean, I absolutely 100% need it. So because I only need it, like, during 15% of the jobs I have, should I get rid of it because I already have it and it matches my entire, no, you keep that thing because it works for what you need it for when you need it. Part of homesteading is prepping, but try to find items that serve multiple purposes, multiple functions in your home, in, in what you're looking for. If you're looking for something in your house, you have to make a purchase make sure you can use it in multiple ways if it's possible now understand some things you can't a washing machine is a washing machine but you gotta have it you gotta use it now i would say if you have a dryer i would try to find a way not to get a new dryer i would see if there's some way that you can hang up inside if you have an outside area look at that and do smaller loads of laundry so it dries faster you don't have as much i haven't used a dryer in ages years and years so i'm i'm okay with that not having one um it doesn't really bother me as bad as it would some other people but i know a lot of people do like their dryer and other things like that but just really think about you know when you're buying something really be focused and you want to make the most of every single penny that you have to spend you really do like okay does this sausage this little four pack of sausage really makes sense when I can get these two links of sausage that I could cut in half and get two different meals out of it. And yet, you know, if I cut by two of them, I can get four different meals and it costs the same amount as this little four link sausage thing. Um, look at it that way. It's a good example. Um, you really want to actually kind of just make the most, stretch those dollars, stretch every single purchase as far as you can. Don't throw away good clothes. Keep using those clothes. Resell those clothes. Do whatever you can to help stretch your dollars. So these are just a few small things. And I might start making this like a monthly thing. Let me know in the comments or send me an email at thecandycouple at yahoo.com if you want me to do this like on a monthly or you know bi-monthly basis where we talk about being a frugal homemaker and how we save money. Um, I'd be happy to share more tips, tricks, and ideas and work through ideas with people. And if you have any questions or comments or things you want to discuss when I hop on here with me, make sure you send me an email to thecandycoupleayahoo.com and check out our link tree where you see all of our other content, our YouTube videos, and also see our other podcast, Rural Reliance with the Candy Couple. And as always, thank you for joining me on Farm Wise Sexy Life, where we talk about why being the farm wife is a sexy life. And thank you for joining me with Candy Couple, where we work hard, live simple, and enjoy life. Have a wonderful day.